All right. I am here with Nick Fell, a.k.a. Carlos El Guapo, a.k.a. The Yan Man. He's got footwork like Pogba. He can't talk for too long because he's got too much gold to try on. What's going on, buddy? Hey, hey. Uh, you know, just uh, living the dream. Just uh, hanging out in the backyard, enjoying a, a nice bonfire, uh, and a little bit of sunshine here in this uh, wintry day. So can't complain. Beauty. Living the dream. We're going to get right to it. Your album, Beyonce's The Gift, is the ninth of nine albums by Beyonce. The album was produced chiefly by Beyonce Knowles Carter, uh, with many others we'll get to. It was released July 2019. Question one, Nick, how does this album make you feel? Goodness, I, I think this, uh, you know, it's, it's maybe overused lately, but it really gives me all the feels, you know. Um, but but I think that the overwhelming um, feelings I'm left with are, are a lot of joy and, and hope. Um, I think it's a very uh, uh, positive uh, and, uh, and blissful album with a lot of love. And uh, I feel that, you know, when I listen to it. I get all of that. Uh, I, too, have many, many, many feels that went in many directions listening to this album. But primarily, yes, uh, especially that first layer. Uh, it made me feel like active, kind of bouncy, warm, joyful. Uplifting was a word you used on the teaser podcast that I think is perfect for this album. It made me feel uh, introspective because this last year, uh, as a white person in America, I've done a lot of evaluating of what you know I think racism is or what I thought it was and maybe now what I think it is. And now I think this, so uh, how does it work like this? And, and um, it's been on my mind a lot. And it starts you know, right at the beginning of this album, Bigger, the first track. Um, you know, I'd been trying to think of different ways to succinctly um, define like the psychological kind of uh, implications or the profile of racism, and uh, it, it it it's hard to do because when people that don't want to hear about it, um, uh, if it's not explainable within a couple of sentences, it's it's harder to digest and think about. Blah blah blah. That's one thing I've really been thinking about. But on the first track of this album, Beyonce. Um, you're bigger than the picture they framed us to see. It's just one, like one of the yeah. most powerful lines um, I can remember, and it's succinct and it's like so to the point, and and sets up a lot of the kind of positive programming that this um, project set up. So yeah, <laughs> I I I, uh, I echo that so much, and and uh, you know, in in reflecting on this album a little bit more deeply after choosing it. Uh, I, I one of the main things I wanted to bring is that like this like as a white man in America like this album isn't for me yeah and and I think it's really very powerful for me to to see it and to experience it um, and exactly what you said you know that that uh, that we're we're bigger than the picture they framed us to see yeah and I think that, that uh, explicitly is going to um, you know, the way that black people are, uh, are 
limited in their depictions um, and uh, you know in the media and in music um, and uh, and also the way that uh, that it, it, it's it's being um, you know changed and challenged through art and through culture mm. now mm -hmm. um, and this is a huge uh, a huge piece of that and and extremely powerful one very powerful uh, I just really love that that beginning uh, there was one other thing it kind of made me feel and this actually leads into like a really my only criticism of the album and that's just that it's uh, aesthetically it's a little confusing and I'm gonna back up and try to not to get too rambly here but basically my my experience with the new Lion King um, as it came out I avoided it almost entirely the original Lion King is like you know my favorite Disney movie, perhaps the greatest animated film of all time, one of the greatest stories ever told. I, I just had I, I had no interest in like the new um, kind of visual uh, Lion King, and and that's on me. I know that, um, but in that it it allowed me to completely not know that this Beyonce album existed when it came out in in July of 2019. So. Um, Fast forward a year when Beyonce releases Black is King, uh, I was all in. <laughs> like, I saw the promo on Disney Plus and I'm like, oh my God, I want to watch that. So that was July of 20. I didn't watch it for a couple months. I think it's September, uh, maybe August of, of 20. I ended up finally watching it. And then I was surprised that there were all these Lion King excerpts and, and like attachments to the Lion King. And so I thought. And I think and I believe that it, it the kind of mixed aesthetics between the Lion King, between what's being done on Black is King and then the audio album, too. It creates just kind of these connections that um, it was just a little frustrating to me. Um, it softened as okay. I grew to love the album more and more. Uh, but was that something you feel with it? It seems like you, you kind of came at it with a different perspective. Well, I, I, I think it's really like interesting that you bring that up because I didn't dive into it too deep. I, I listened to the album before uh, watching Black is King, before watching Lion King, and I assumed that this album was the, uh, the soundtrack for the new Lion King. I, I thought, oh, th this, is, this, is the f this is the soundtrack for the film. There's a, there's a you know, uh, My Power, Scar... There's these things that I could see would fit in so well with the story of the Lion King, um, and so I thought that this was it. But but I but after selecting this, I went and I watched, uh, you know the the I don't know if they're calling it a live action or basically the the um, you know CGI real animals instead of uh, um, animated animals, uh, and it's not. It, it, this is this is uh, very different and. Uh, I also do dove in and, and found uh, ABC um, uh, picked up a, a making of this album that Beyonce. Did you produced. watch that? I don't know if you. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I, I didn't it. watch that. And I'm excited to hear yeah, your insights. Yeah, yeah. And and she um, she at the very beginning it opens up and she says that it, this was a love letter to Africa was this mm. album with yep. the spirit of the Lion King. And she talked about how the Lion King was her favorite 
movie growing up and how, you know, of, uh, on her, you know, journeys and, and uh, the times that she's been able to go to Africa, uh, all of the, you know, African people that she talks to have thoroughly enjoyed the movie as well and just feel that it's, uh, you know, kind of such a tribute to um, the culture and, the, and the, the home, the ancestral home of African-American people and uh, of all people. Um, and so I, I think it's, uh, it's pretty cool in that way. And it, it gave me that, that making of kind of gave me some insight as to what this was and it, it, it was uh um another you know to steal another one of beyonce's uh or, or to share another one of her um, descriptions of it she called this sonic cinema mm. um this album which i just thought was like such a dope way to, to, sure. to describe um what what it is because it is it's it's, it's uh, i think i've had a hard time um, listening to many other albums in in entirety after listening to this album recently because it is such a story. It, it's such an emotional journey that uh, that it takes you on. Um, and uh, yeah, Agreed. and then watching you know, and then watching the Blackest King and the Making of and the Lion King. It's like these are all kind of um, coming together to give the the kind of complete picture. So the ambiguity that you're feeling, I feel like. Um, it's kind of hard to capture all that she's putting in there uh, with just like the album and, and hard to kind of see where it was going. But um, I think that the pieces together come to, you know, make a, a greater, um, excuse me, make a, a greater picture or, or a more complete picture. I think you're right. And that makes sense. And as I said, that frustration kind of softened over time because you just start inch by inch revealing what a what a powerful creative accomplishment this is and beyonce is a beast dude like yeah everything you can get your hands on about how involved she is and all of her different artistic ventures it's like she's she's one of those kind of crazy creative genius types you know what i mean like she oh yeah wants every single detail controlled and like um so over time i i lost kind of that stress that i felt with that and i think as we come to the end of this first question stress was actually one of the ways i felt when you chose this album because i knew how many layers there were and i knew that i had to kind of sort through the lion king layer and um yeah you cut out for a second what what was the word that you just shared stress stressed because yeah I, okay. I i knew that um especially unlike the counterpart album that we chose there are a lot of layers to this album so and and yeah like like you said when you chose the album for the teaser you said the lion king soundtrack um and i was like oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. i texted you i was like this soundtrack right and it was just the the stock like Disney soundtrack to the new Lion King. But I think um, I can close it here. And I think this says it the best way. Um, and this is just the, the Wikipedia definition or the, f the first line of the Wikipedia for the gift. And it, it kind of spells out like my frustrations with it. And maybe we can move on from there. But the Lion King, the gift frequently referred to as simply The Gift, is a soundtrack album curated by American singer Beyonce for the 2019 photorealistic animated remake of The Lion King and for Black is King 2020. What, is the, what, like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. what is it? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that she... Yeah, that's what's so incredible to me about it. I think that that, that 
that um, the kind of complicated nature, it, it's not just another album, right? It's not just a, a musical production. Uh, it, it is so much more. Um, and I, I can see why that's like hard. Uh, but for me, it was kind of like, as I got to know it more and more, um, it almost felt like, like, oh, like this, it kind of makes sense why it, it has, this, this album is just like, like I have, like I told you, like over the last six months, I haven't been able to stop like coming back to it and listening to it and dancing and um, like, you know, like really, I feel like I've been able to like, uh, you know, deal with some of the, the emotions that I've been feeling over the last uh, six months and, and a year with regards to the racial reckoning that's been in our country um, through this album and, and through just listening to it and feeling some of the joy and the hope that it brings along with the, the messages of, um, you know, that, that your skin, you know, the brown skin girl song, like it, it's uh, um, wouldn't trade you for anybody else. You know, like your skin is beautiful and amazing and uh and just being you are the thing you are not some other thing yeah 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 you know and 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 i already said this but i'm probably saying a dozen more times is like this message is not for me as a white man and yet i feel like uh um it's powerful for me to hear this and to and to support it and to uh and and to bring attention to it and share it with the people that i love you know um so we felt joyful and happy and warm, but also introspective and maybe a little confused. <laughs> Lots of feels. Yeah, yeah. Question two, what is the most interesting instrument on this album? I'm curious what you're going to say, because I, I, you know, I listen, I listen to music. I'm not a music critic, and I... I uh, I, I didn't dive too deep into either of these albums to, to find in the production and all that, but I did watch that making of this album. And for that same song, Brown Skin Girl, the percussion on that, on that track, it's a garbage can. It's a plastic garbage can nice. that, that they picked up in, in, the, in the studio and, uh, and they played it. And, and I think that they, that they do use one actual drum, um, what a plastic garbage can is made on this, like, you know, Beyonce, you know, one of the, the top uh, musical artists and, and maybe just artists uh, in the world in terms of name recognition. And, you know, I was looking at the same Wikipedia set you referenced earlier. And she, this album was on a top, you know, 100 chart for like almost like every country. Like the list was just like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Yeah. Um, and they used a garbage can. Garbage can. Garbage can in production. <laughs> like, it's just so amazing. You know, I think that she said that she wanted a lot of the um, the producers and the feel to be very, uh, um, very representative of African sound and African culture, and uh, and so I just think that that, that that's a testament to that. Uh, make music wherever you are and with whatever tools you have, um, and just thought that was so cool. I had a hard time with this question too. Uh, it's an ensemble album at the end of the day, so you don't have you know the the same four to nine musicians playing the same instruments throughout the album as you would in a more conventional album, and you could just pick out. That's kind of how I've set up this question, and an album like this really kind of tests it. So I gave kind of a cop out answer. Um, 
although broadly speaking, if I was going to answer it more literally, I would say um, percussion and drums in general. Uh, uh-huh. But it's like a lot of them are digital tones anyway in a lot of the songs. So it's like yeah. it, it didn't feel quite right. So the answer I gave was just Beyonce's voice. Um, uh, just an undercurrent of, uh, I guess, reverse negative programming. Uh, an instrument of cultural upheaval advancement that type of thing so a cop-out but uh that's what i ended up coming up with. i mean it's 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 one uh it's one of the few uh you know through throughout the whole album it's yes, one of the few things life, that is yeah. consistent as well you know um so that's kind of a, a cool piece of that and man i i think that i've always been impressed with her uh um, as a as a musician, as an artist, but uh, the the way that she does use her voice in 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 a myriad of ways um, throughout this album is stunning. Is yes. absolutely stunning. And if you watch that making of, uh, you can tell as you were saying before, just that that she's such a beast because she does have her hands on everything. She uh, her her daughter, I think Blue Ivy, um, is also on that same track, yes. uh, Brown Skin Girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's pretty beautiful, you know, to to be able to feature and uh, highlight and uplift um, children in in the making of this and to bring them into this, which, you know, The Lion King is a, a children's story. So I don't know if you had this baked into any of the questions and we hadn't spoken about it before, but I mean, you have some experience playing African music and Emily obviously has like a passion for that. Is that something you want to open into or or was did you have a place where you wanted to talk about that later in the questions yeah uh i don't know i I think that that's definitely how this album came to me is through um some of our our community here in seattle and 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 definitely the uh the dance that uh and drumming that emily is exposed to and and participates in um uh, i know that uh that you know, this was deeply influenced by that. It, it, it did remind me of uh, of our brief time in Africa. Um, you know, the 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 scenes where uh, I think it's the same the making the making of uh, video that I watched. It's kind of hard because they're all fe- feeling a little bit blurred together. But also the Blackest King, uh, just seeing the life and and, uh, and the experience of. Um, of, of, of daily African life. I, I, I was in Guinea when I went and I, think I was going to ask where you in were South Africa and Kenya. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't believe she, I don't believe she went to West Africa. I think she was more in Southeast Africa. Um, but yeah, the, the sounds, uh, and then especially the, the dance, um, that was featured in both black is King and the making of, um, videos that I watched is very representative of, of uh, some of the traditional African dance. I think even one of the dancers in, in the making of video, she was so, uh, she expressed such joy in her role because the choreographer uh, brought her to the center and said, hey, you know, like, can you show us your moves? And she said as a professional um, dancer that she had, had so frequently been asked to kind of tone down her movements and to... Uh, and to be more um, in line with other dancers instead of what the, the message of, um, at least my interpretation of, uh, you know, African dance is, is expressing joy and a shared, uh, a shared experience instead of um, kind of 
looking and and performing moves similarly to to one another like in a uniform, uniform manner type way yeah yeah, yeah. I, I put you on the spot there i apologize i i knew no, that no, that no. was part it's, it's fine of your and M's history, and uh, I yeah. figured that would deepen how much you guys enjoyed it, if not um, be like uh, a precursor of maybe why this was such a special album for you. Uh, yeah, so... certainly, and and um, the you know the the people who we were guests of who who um, took us there are you know uh, our good friends Boka and Afwa are a uh, you know an African African man, uh, Ghanaian African man. And an African American woman, and, and some of Beyonce's uh, uh, rhetoric, and some of the things that she shared about uh, wanting to uh, connect and bring those cultures together to help uh, reform African American identity, uh, is just so powerful. And, and mm-hmm. you know, something that Afwa, the African American woman who uh, we were guests of, uh, uh, you know, that, that that she lives and that she and that she works on, um, and is very active in the African American community here in Seattle. Um, and, and works towards uh, is is kind of re-educating and um, and sharing those stories and connections. Number three, what is your favorite song on this album? Oh, gosh, this is so hard because, like I said, I, it's like um, they all have kind of different meanings. But I think bigger. I, I think that it's nice. it's how the album starts. It, it, it's the it's the tone that is set. Um, and uh, and I think it just kind of it, it it brings everything follows from there for me in this album and uh, and I think that all of the messaging is kind of summarized by that um, and feels really positive and powerful. Um, so I'd say that I, I I love the second track as well. Find your way back. Yeah. Um, you know, because it, it it does. I think it speaks to what I was just talking about in terms of, of reconnecting to your past and your history and um, and your home and uh, and the feelings that those emote, uh, I think, are really powerful. So, um, yeah. yeah. I got the now running through my body. Look at my <laughs> natural. I'm so exotic. I So that was my favorite. Uh, and I think it over the course of listening to it, which... I increasingly enjoy the album more as I, as I keep listening to it. I think that's my favorite moment uh, sonically, like on the album. It's just so fierce. And Kendrick's on that yeah. track, and he's my guy. Uh, but I think, and I'm going to mispronounce this, but the Ja'ara, the Shupa, Shupa, in Black is King, it's kind of that moment where it turns into like a horror movie for 30 seconds, you know? Um, but that song, the Burna Boy song, which Beyonce doesn't even uh, ironically appear on, I think one of two songs she is not uh, ah, on musically. Yeah, um, but Ja Ara is, is uh, I think, my go-to. What would you say there? Sorry. I said I didn't know that she wasn't on that track, um, but that's, uh, that's something I guess I haven't paid close enough attention to. Yeah, that one. Um, Interesting. <laughs> Watching Black is King the second time uh, was was really it really locked this whole thing in for me because the first time I watched it, it was visually 
overwhelming. I I didn't even oh, know. Oh yeah, I think that's an easy easy way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that there was a story attached to it. I I thought that as I was hearing these Lion King excerpts, there's just this kind of thinly veiled maybe Lion King ish story going on, but I wasn't paying attention to like the prince character or um, any of the characters in the in the kind of veiled narrative that was going on. Uh, but the second time I watched it and I was able to track that story a little better, uh, it really it really came together. And I believe that that Ja'ara is, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's my interpretation, but there's those couple early songs, like Don't Jealous Me, um, Don't Jealous Me especially, are just, are, are there to kind of show the traps uh, there for people of the African diaspora um, that you can fall into. And, and I just, <laughs> the first time I watched it, it was, it was totally lost on me. I had no idea where they were going with that. And I think that even though Ja'ara is a more uplifting, super uplifting and joyful track sonically, I think that that's another track where you kind of see the, the prince like enjoying himself and like me. And I think there's like allusions to the traps of like females and like uh, what, what, what that can do to your path. Um, so that my, that's my guess that what that song was about, but I, I had one question I was going to throw your way. Bonus question here. Um, in the, in black is King. I was curious what you imagine the uh, like the green body painted males to represent did you have a did, did you come up with anything on that I really never quite understood it the the, the green the, the dude who's got the green body paint on you see him throughout the film yeah yeah I, I don't know that's that's the one that um, that I hadn't watched in so I, I watched um, the first half of that months ago uh, maybe even a year ago, uh, and and I think like you said, I think I I, I didn't understand it, and I okay. think I was visually overwhelmed. And I think it was just the end of the night, you know. Usually, quite frequently, Emily and I watch uh, watch stuff over two or three sittings because uh, yeah. through a whole movies look challenging at times. Um, so I revisited that and only watched the second half, and uh, I think I you know the 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 songs in the second half are like Water and Brown Skin Girl. Um, and those are some of the ones I was I was left with. I didn't realize Pharrell was the was on uh, water, mm-hmm. um, and that you know that song is just so visually overwhelming uh, in that, and and beautiful and stunning and amazing. Uh, um, that was one thing that I was kind of contemplating is, is what is the messaging there with uh, um, with those costumes? You know, I think it's a huge uh, throw. Um, Throwback to to African culture and to these traditional uh, cultures that have um, elaborate um, ceremonies that involve these these costumes and, and some you know some that I was able to, to see and experience in my time in Africa. But um, so you're you're uh, you're, ask, you're asking a, a question of the, the costumes in general throughout Black is King or just on water or on a specific trip? Uh, I think I think I think um, throughout. I, I think for me it was another one of those things is what is you know, what is the artist's message here? And, um, you know, I'm, I wasn't sure if it was uh, just trying to connect to African culture and to highlight that uh, because I, I saw some um, 
you know, some costuming in, in Black is King was uh, very deeply connected to, to some of the, the costuming that I've seen in ceremonies and stuff like that through, you know, just, uh, you know, reading or watching videos on, on traditional dance and things like that um, and traditional ceremonies. Specifically, there, there's, um, I believe, one African tribe that has the, that wears the mud in their hair and the red skin and body paint. Mm. And uh, there's a, a, a woman in Black is King who has that on there. So that, that for me was easier. But uh, with the, um, you know, the long hair extensions and uh, the elaborate costuming, I just wasn't sure, uh, you know, what the message was there. Just that, that um, you know, African culture is amazing and beautiful and vibrant and complex or if it was uh, or if she was trying to convey other, other messages all of it, um, so I, it I 100 percent. it's all of those things like a lot of it's performance art she's and, and a lot of these costumes are um i mean confirmed that uh, they have roots to traditional garb uh and then uh also like beyonce just wants to swag it out, dude. Uh, right, and, right. and let's be yeah. honest, she's still got it. She looks oh great. And like a lot of these, uh, a lot of these are a way to just kind of let it hang out. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's all of it. I think it's all of those Own things. It. Yeah. She just really just, yeah. 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 It, it was cool. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I, I was just curious. Um, it, it just brought me more kind of, uh, um, introspection, I guess, is you know the word you used earlier, and, and just uh, uh, I think with art, uh, that's what it's supposed to do, right? Yeah. Is, is to is to uh, help you think and um, and to wonder. And I found myself doing that more and more as I dove deeper into the other uh, ways that this album was kind of being shared, and uh, you know, with the Black is King and the and the making of and the and the Lion King too, so. I think uh, the body painted green characters, I, I thought that they represented um, uh, members of the diaspora that were confused uh, somewhere in some kind of like cultural uh, limbo, like trying to figure out, you know, what it meant to be the color that they are and, and what that means depending on where you live, that type of thing. And but I don't know. It, I, I thought that that was I one of the more fascinating aspects. Now I want to start watch it, you know, start to begin, start to finish. Thank you. It's um, it's unbelievable. I I it, <laughs> I I love that movie. It, I truly do. Um, and there's a lot going on. I I'd say with her costumes, there's there's an individual thought in her mind. I mean, she's the EP, the writer, the director. Um, <laughs> like it's it's all a thought that she has, and maybe she's the only one that knows it. Like. Maybe she tells uh, Hove, you know, before they go to bed about one of the one of the outfits, and he's the only person that knows that that outfit is that color, that shape for that reason, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. The costuming is just, as you said before, just you know, visually overwhelming and uh, and so incredible. I actually have more on the costuming. We're gonna move on. Number right. four. Uh, what is an interesting insight about this album's production or story? Um, a, a couple of things I already shared early on. Uh, you know, the love letter to Africa that she described this as sonic cinema. Yeah, um, dig that. 
it's not a movie soundtrack. What? <laughs> <laughs> I had that in my notes. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, you know, I don't think I have much more to add uh, that we haven't already covered. Like, it's uh, the, um, the depth of meaning, the purpose of the album, and the storytelling uh, of it kind of combine to just create this uh, piece of art that is, um, I think, far-reaching and complex and dynamic and uh and really inspiring um so inspiring that is uh a great word to hang on there as someone that that tries to express creatively pretty often uh taking on a project of this magnitude it's just like it's profound I, i i am genuinely inspired um my answer to the question um I have a couple things. Uh, it was chiefly produced by Beyonce and Derek Dixie, who she's worked with quite a bit. Uh, but 25 others received production credits, so truly just an ensemble album um, integrating West African pop and South African house. And you know, uh, as far as I could tell, there you know, there's musicians um, from at least Nigeria, Ghana, Cameroon. And South Africa, um, there may be more. Um, but then also, 76 total writing credits across the 14 wow. songs, plus 17 additional backup singers on Spirit. Spirit being the the song that actually appears on the Lion King soundtrack. I believe it's the last song on the regular version of The Gift. But mm-hmm. that's just wild. I mean, even for an ensemble album, it's just... So many different voices, so many different ideas, so many different chefs in the kitchen. And uh, the last thing I had was just that Black is King took a year to film across three continents, which, again, just the, the, the volume of efforts, the volume of creative choices. That's the real thing. Yeah. How many different decisions, how many different choices. It, it's really, like, stunning. Yeah, and you me. know she's got her finger on, on every single one. Yes. On yes. every single one. She, she's involved part of yeah really impressive uh we'll jump right to five is this beyonce's best album that's hard i i'm i uh you know i think i, I had a hard time answering this question for for this album and for drake's album uh chiefly because i um i wouldn't consider myself a a, a um like a, a beyonce diehard or a drake diehard i i i uh, i haven't listened to all of beyonce's albums in entirety but this is definitely the one for me that has hit me the hardest. I, I've given lots of her albums listens in the past, and I think I even put in my notes, although I don't have them pulled up right, they just froze, um, that uh, I gave a lot of attention to Lemonade when it came out. I think the story behind that and, and, uh, and also it being like a, um, I, don't know what, I don't know if she called it a, an audio or a, or a visual album, mm-hmm. um, you know, but holy crap, that, that album is amazing as well. Uh, but I would say that this one has affected me the most deeply, and I've given it more listens than you know just about any other album. Uh, well, definitely any other album of hers, but maybe maybe any other album um, in a really long time for me. So yeah, That's... I would say it's it's it, it, it's more powerful. It, it tells, um, you know, it, it, it speaks to the time. I think that that that's really uh, important uh, with this album as well, is that it's, uh, uh, it's deeper than um, entertainment. Yeah, great answer. Yeah. So many different thoughtful answers within that. Um, this question is always 
going to be open to interpretation, especially right. the, the, the many different ways you can parse like what actually defines the, uh, an artist's greatest album. Uh, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I, <laughs> I actually echo so much of what you said in my response. Like, Beyonce has nine albums, including this one. I and that's <laughs> in my frustration of figuring out like whether this is her album or a soundtrack album or a, you know mm. something that exists on the side. On her website, she actually lists it um, of her nine albums. It's just like the most recent one. So that helped me to kind of clarify that she views it as, as her album. So um, if I'm looking at her discography starting in 2003, Dangerously in Love, B-Day 2006, I Am Sasha Fierce 2008, 4, 2011, that's actually where I like started listening to Beyonce's album. So like Beyonce, Lemonade, Everything is Love, Homecoming, and then this one are the only ones I've like dedicated time to listen to and kind of absorb um that being said uh i would say that this is her best album i I just can't envision uh a more bigger idea becoming uh an album like this i i think the volume of efforts and again the volume of creative choices put into this the degree of difficulty uh, across all these different cultural boundaries she's going with this like (laughs) if if you're a Beyonce person and and you have a favorite that you stand by I can't argue with you I I'm not like I don't know her catalog like a lot of people but given what we've talked about I, I would just say yes as kind of my blanket answer and move on even even though I know I'm yeah. not like you know an expert yeah. I, I think that this is uh, it's just so ambitious and it's this companion album to The Lion King, and that's my only reservation. It's like, I, I wish it existed on its own. I really do. I, I keep coming back to that, but um, uh, even if e- even that being the case, I, I would still say it's her best. Um, number six. How many... <laughs> so this is our custom question. I'm going to ask a custom question of Nick. He's going to ask one of me. And, this and I is, haven't heard it. And you, ha- you don't know it, yeah. On the fly. Here we go. So, and this is closest to the pin, not um, prices Right rules, but how many outfits does Beyonce wear over the course of The Blackest King? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's interesting that you say outfits, right? Because it's like... You know, occasionally she wears variations of them and stuff like that. Oh man, that's so. I awesome measured this myself. I couldn't find an actual figure online, but as I went through, it was one of the things I was tracking. Watch the movie, <laughs> dude. There oh, are, that's amazing. There are so times that, so you probably you had to have missed too. So you have to add like it, you know, fifteen twenty percent to your answer because you know unless you were running it back and because what if she changed her top but kept the bottom the same bro you know is that a new outfit i you know my my guess you absolutely are right like i probably missed some but there were several times where i'm i'm there jotting them and i did them in uh just like uh marks you know like tally marks and there'd be like three within 10 seconds (laughs) oh easy yeah yeah uh, and if her dress is the same, but the hair is different, you know, is that a new outfit? 
I think um, if... I, so. My my guess is a hundred and ninety three. Wow, way over. Um, I I would say with what you said just prior to that, they are all actually like very specific. There weren't like mixed. Um, I I would say that there were some times when she would like take off a shawl or something like that, and it would reveal like the rest of the outfit. But like every outfit was very specific. Uh, And and I'd say um, throughout the course, and actually we could do this numerically, but uh, the number I came up with was 59. (laughs) Which, if you divide by 14... And what's the runtime on it? uh, The album's about an hour, so it's there you have it. It's a well, no, it's an hour. No, no but the, the film is longer. Yeah. Yes, the film itself, I think, was like an hour twenty-six or something. Fifteen like that. hour twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So almost an outfit per minute, which is pretty oh wild. My God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the um, one thing that uh, watching that, um, you know, and and us having a good friend who's a Lutheran pastor uh, that I've already talked with him about is I. I in I, I don't know if it's water or Nile. I think it's I think it's in Nile that she is um, you know depicting herself as uh, Mary, um, you know Jesus's mother Mary. And, and uh, oh no 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 it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, Mary. Gosh, what did she I'm look not, like? I'm what was she wearing? Like she, all white? She's putting she's putting Mo, I think is Moses the small child that is put in a basket and sent down the Nile in the biblical story. You know better than I would. That sounds right. So I just, I, I loved that. Um, I thought that was extremely powerful. There's been some talk lately of like, you know, I just think evangelical Christian Christianity is, um, you know, problematic to say the least uh, sure. currently in our, sure. in, our, in our society. And, um, and I just, you know, kind of shout every time that I see a white depiction of Jesus. Jesus was not white. Mary was not white. And to just see mm. this, this, you know, black woman, um, you know, in in a very powerful biblical scene is just you know i i I found myself getting emotional just watching that and just saying that this is we need to tell history as as um as it was you know this whitewashing of history is is deeply problematic and uh and so i just thought that that was so powerful when i saw that in the film but no question i think we're talking about costuming it's all good. I think that song, uh, it was not Nile. I want to say it was Other Side. I can't remember. It, it's yes. like a quiet yes, song. Yeah, you're right. It is. It is. Um, it is. And I, rem- I, rem- I remember the visuals from the film. Um, yeah. Yeah, wild. The outfits. Like, I, yeah. I, 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 59, <laughs> I mean, huh? If you think about it as every song being a music video, it gets a little more normal, you know? But then you don't quite capture how insane like each outfit is like each outfit is not just just like you know something you'd get at the store like every outfit is i don't know the right words to describe it i would imagine not a single outfit is one that you get out this store yeah <laughs> right you yeah. got to know somebody and 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 the and the jewelry and the uh, and the hair you know uh um I don't know if it was the making of uh, where Blue Ivy is wearing this amazing headdress, um, uh, but but that was just one more example. She was talking about how that headdress represents the circle of life. Um, nice. And uh, you know that was just one piece that 
that was from that film. And yeah, the costuming. It's interesting that you said that it took a year. Uh, Emily and I were joking that uh, that we wondered how long she spent in Africa, and if it was five years, we would we would say that that wasn't enough time. Yeah. Um, for like all of the, you know, what it, what it seemed that she was able to to do and accomplish. Uh, so. All right. What do you got for me? Yeah, my, mine. Um, I think I think mine was just asking you. I assume that you had shared this with Becca, but I was curious if you shared this album. Have you had a chance to share this album with anyone else? Um, and just what was the reaction? Because the couple people that I've exposed this album to, or, or, or shared it to, or asked them if they've heard it, um, have come back and just kind of shared some of the things we've talked about in terms of it being uh, so powerful um, and. Uh, and so deeply emotional. Great question. And yes, and it's COVID and Beck and I just moved to Alaska. So Beck and I are the only people that really know each other. Yeah. And I shared it with Becca and she loves it. Uh, we've yeah. actually Friday night. This is not an exaggeration. We dance to like many of the songs uh, <laughs> just hanging of out course. and uh, like water, especially. We love the melody of that. We'll just yell it at each other. Yeah. So absolutely yeah. have shared it with Becca, and, and Becca's all about house and dance music, and it just fit in pretty naturally with a lot of the stuff she already likes. And she nice. she only has watched Black is King that first time when we were both kind of stunned and planned to watch it again, uh, and hopefully, as she expressed, does, uh, absorb a little bit more of what's going on. So 100% shared it, and, and Becca loves it too. Uh, as we move toward Drake, I, I wanted to share just a little excerpt of the Michelle Kim Pitchfork review of um, The Gift. And I guess before I do so, do you have any closing thoughts on the album? Um, just, you know, I think I said earlier that, that this is a, a love letter for Africa, but I think it can teach us about humanity. And I think that, mm. uh, you know, as I said before, it's, it's, it's not for white dudes uh, to just feel good about themselves, although I, I've listened to it and, and felt sad and felt happy and felt uh, um, like I need to do better as a white man. Uh, I, I think that it, it's, it, it can teach it can teach people, um, and, and that's why I just admire it so much, is that it's, uh, it's not just entertainment, although it's deeply entertaining. Well said. So uh, Michelle Kim, Pitchfork review of the album when it came out. Similar to Kendrick, Kendrick's Black Panther inspired album and other globe-trotting works like Drake's More Life and Goldling's Diaspora. The gift is thrilling because of the diasporic connections being made through collaboration. And I thought that was a nice bow on it. Um, yeah, I think we covered it pretty well. Uh, just a great album. I'm glad you introduced it to me. I wouldn't have even known it was there un until you uh, brought it to my attention. So, bravo, sir. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for listening to it, and, and you know, it's, it's amazing to uh, to share and talk about. And uh, thank you for allowing me to uh, to do it with you. All right, let's uh, let's transition here. Uh, do you want to give okay. the fundamentals on our second album? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, this album is more life by Drake. And uh, More Life is the 12th studio album of 15 by Drake, although I believe there's some caveats that you were going to share with us. It was produced by 37 uh, different producers and was released in March 2017. So, Daniel, uh, how does this album make you feel? 
<laughs> after the the heaviness which there's a lot of different kinds of heaviness from the Lion King album. This album feels pretty light. I think was the best way yeah. I wanted to describe it. It's a good time. I said summary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a lot of why I liked it so much, I think it was my gateway kind of Drake album. And this happened uh, pretty recently. Uh, Drake's a pretty prominent figure in in my life as Becca's from Toronto, her family, friends from Toronto, Drake is, I don't even know what the American Toronto equivalent boy. would be, like he's so big, um, but I, and I'd always liked him, uh, but never loved like any of his work. Uh, I really got into Scorpion, but for a handful of tracks and really couldn't let it play all the way through, but there was one day, not too long ago, six weeks ago, maybe... Uh, I was playing this album through, and I was like, oh, man, uh, there's uh, a run. I believe it's track three through seven, Passion Fruit through Blem, that uh, integrates a lot of that South African house and, and some of that African pop from uh, the Beyonce album, and, and not to homogenize those things, but just a lot of the same sonic color that you got on the Beyonce album, which I really loved because it made these albums feel kindred in a way that we didn't intentionally do at all. Uh, you know, I picked this album right. fully independent of, of your choice. So this album makes me feel light. There's seven to eight songs that I just want to come back to. Many of them uh, are for just kind of like a, a happy, warm type uh, mellow. So yeah. I, th I think that's all I got. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I said energized. I already shared summary. It, it, it feels, it feels light. It feels, uh, like, um, you know, you could definitely go to the beach and be listening. This album could be the, uh, the soundtrack for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, I also felt like it, it, it was, uh, definitely like a, an energy positive sort of, uh, sort of album. You, you, you are uplifted by it and, uh, Get a little pep in your step. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, the, the, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that you, you said it well, and I don't think I have too much more in terms of the, the feels that this is giving me, um, besides some of the stuff I want to talk about a little bit later. So uh, instru instrument uh, on this album, what was, uh, what was the one that you found to be kind of most interesting? Well, I, I copped out again um, because... As, as this is kindred to Beyonce's album, it's another ensemble album, and it's basically a lot of Drake-adjacent OVO people getting on a record, and, and he, he called it a playlist deliberately, uh, and, it, and it plays like that. There's a lot of different kinds of songs on here, um, but what I went with was, <laughs> and I can already envision myself over the course of Music Friends stretching uh, this question to basically whatever I want <laughs> if there's not an actual physical <laughs> instrument that I find interesting but I said Drake's vulnerability uh, so this album came out in 17 in 16 he released views which was a commercial success uh, but critically was like it, it was basically Drake's version of of Taylor Swift doing um, look what you made me do it was it was a hyper response to criticism and it was at moments got um, a, a, not dark if 
maybe a little dark um and it, it it was just heavier it it wasn't as enjoyable and on this album he just it, it was a nice response to that because that's a hard place to go from when you when you yeah. kind of bury yourself in a corner of you know reflexive emotion towards criticism where, where do you go from there so on this one he just he brought in a lot of different voices a lot of different sounds and just kind of let it play out and and it felt uh just a lot more vulnerable so um i don't know if you caught it but there's a track um can't have everything where at the end it's actually a recording of his mother uh talking about oh yeah (laughs) she doesn't like the tone in his voice and she doesn't like the direction he's going maybe creatively and uh you know, responding back to all these critics. Uh, and I thought that... The timing of that is so perfect, too, because this was released in 2016, is that right? So this was 17 views, the album before was yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah. So, so I just, I could hear the timing of this because she, she uses a, a Michelle Obamaism. Yes. <laughs> at the end of that. You know, when others go low, we go high. And I just thought, holy crap, like, yeah, it's pretty incredible that, he, that he's sharing uh, that his mom you know, is on the album kind of speaking to him in such a powerful way. Um, and then using that, which is, you know, culturally, um, you know, like significant and, and significant of the time too. Drake is so funny with samples, man. It, it's almost, it's hard to track. He uses so many different things. Like I think on this album, there's a Sonic the Hedgehog sample. Um, there's uh on Scorpion, there's a, all kinds of different samples. There's a. Do you remember the Atlanta episode where they go and they think they're gonna meet Drake at the mansion? Oh gosh! And then there's that creepy old dude. Yeah. That's, those are different episodes, but in the in the Drake episode, uh, J- Drake on Scorpion actually samples that episode on Scorpion. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh wow. He. J- I don't know. He's like everywhere in one place at the same time. He <laughs> just very conscious. He of... samples himself in an episode of Atlanta on his album. No, sorry. So in the Atlanta episode, Van is talking about Drake, I believe. Um, okay. I, I'd be more, even more specific. The whole episode is about Drake. Like they're going to a party and apparently Drake is going to be there. Uh, and Van <laughs> has a quote. And I don't actually believe that Drake is mentioned, but you, if you know Atlanta, then you know that when she says that, it's the episode about Drake. Does that make sense? Nice. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he's all over the place with samples. But yeah, I, I thought it was just like an awesome pivot as an artist uh, back into, I'm going to do what feels right. I'm going to do what feels interesting. And... Uh, that's that's how this album felt for me. And again, cop out, but Drake's vulnerability would be my answer. Okay. Well, I, I used a, a different vocalist. I I, uh, I said Samfa, mm. um, who's on uh, 4422. I, I, I love um, just his voice, and, and I love his music as well, and, and thought, oh, that's pretty dope that uh, he was on this album. I think that, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that I was, you know, on the... Uh, on the Samfa tip uh, in 2017, so I just thought that was pretty dope that that um, somebody like Drake was was featuring all these different al- artists on this album. 
Um, I kind of I actually the forefront, so. don't know him at all. Uh, I did okay. consider another artist though, and that was uh, Gigs. That the London rapper he has on like three or four songs of this album, and his his accent is just so piercing. It's like the only thing you can hear when he's on a song. Um, his songs aren't necessarily some of my favorite songs on the album. Maybe that's why I didn't go that direction. But I did think about it because I did think his voice had a pretty specific imprint on on the album yeah. itself. Well, th- there's there's a there's a uh, a future music friends album there for you. Then uh, Sampa Process deal. Um, incredible, incredible, volume album. two. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, favorite song for you? Uh. I'm going to go with Blem. Uh, don't switch on me. I got big plans. Uh, Becca and I say this to each other all the time. Uh, we need to forward <laughs> to the islands and get you gold, no spray tan. That's no just, spray that's, tan. That's the best line. It's yeah. <laughs> like, it's so Drake. It's so like, I live on a private jet. We can go wherever you want. Uh, it's just this little perfect injection of like what a world pop stars life is like (laughs) i i uh i'm sorry that's not my favorite line my favorite line is i don't take naps (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah i feel great (laughs) (laughs) hell no i am tired (laughs) oh man yeah yeah that so but but that it that was uh you know a line that I, I listened to and just was loving um, kind of the swag of that. And uh, nice. yeah, you know, we're not going to be doing a spray tan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the only other one I would have considered was passion fruit because I had known of passion fruit before I really started listening to this album a lot. Uh, yeah. And yeah. it's fine. It's whatever. But I think it was like my gateway back into this. It's like, Oh, like this is different. And actually this, this brings me into a bigger idea. The reason I, um, the reason I hadn't like really dove into Drake is because previously I'd only liked him when he was rapping and he was up tempo and it was a, a little fierce, a little sinister. My favorite Drake song still is "Nonstop" on Scorpion. It's just like one of the best rap songs I think I've ever heard. Um, and and I think this album allowed me to enjoy different colors of Drake. Um, and, and passion fruit was like an easy way to get back in and be like, Oh, like my hips are swerving. I'm moving my body. I'm like, Oh, I, I could get into this. Yeah. And, and yeah. so that led me into liking Blem and, and some of the other songs in that, in that early album run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for me, I, uh, um, you already mentioned it, but it's can't have everything. And then as I listen yeah. to it more, I think, I think, Part of the reason that I love that song so much and why I kind of found myself coming back to it is um, is that it, it follows Lose You. Ooh, yeah. And and kind of the way that, that Lose You um, kind of brings like things down a little bit and a little slows things down, it, it kind of sets up Can't Have Everything to feel even more uh, like impactful and powerful uh, and... Um, for me, as someone who's who's not very knowledgeable about Drake's work and hasn't um, given his albums a ton of uh, of listen, I think that that is uh, is another piece that uh, that just kind of puts those two songs like 
just in contrast of, of one another, and I feel like I feel the vulnerability that you've referred to earlier, um, uh, and kind of the emotional nature of those of those two songs back to back. And so, "Can't Have Everything" for me is the one that uh, that I felt kind of was a standout. My record deal should be five hundred million. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, if I'm being honest, that's uh, my favorite song too. But emblematically, Blem is it kind of represents like the the my my new perception of Drake and like my ability to like okay. Drake for many different ways. So Blem is still my favorite. But I, I'm I'm so glad you you found that song because can't have everything. Oh, yeah. is like the it's the version of Drake I still like best. Um, yeah. And and I don't know what that says yeah. about me. That might be a personal thing, but um, I don't know. I, th- I think it, it, it kind of. I don't know. I, I think for me, when I'm listening to hip hop and, and part of what I like is these uh, kind of larger than life characters that they embody. Mm. And, uh, and, and I think it, it kind of is, is a bit of a throwback to the 90s hip hop that, that we grew up listening to and, and uh, you know, loving. Um, and so I think that that's part of what, what that brings for me and, and the emotions that, that follow with that. Dig, dig that. Um, I, I had nothing for this question, uh, but I, I'm sure that you do because this is the one that, that uh, you know, the album that you picked and, and uh, uh, the interesting insight about this album's production or story. I think um, I'm curious what you have to share. Similar to what I have with Beyonce, and, and that's just that there are 37 different producers um, and Man. 76 credited writers, which is just pretty wild maybe in line with what you'd find on an ensemble album, but something I found um, pretty interesting. I, I think there's not, at least in my research, a ton of notes, excuse me, on the production of this album. I think it really is just like people coming into OVO Sound and getting songs down. And, and like our boy Kanye's on there. This is when, this is before uh, Kanye and Drake, like, had like a, a pretty serious rift that still exists uh but the Kanye song's pretty good there's just a lot of different voices a lot of different songs um and then of course the length too 22 songs 81 minutes yeah. like it's just a, um it's a lot of music yeah 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 I, I uh the only thing that I had for this was, was just that I was I was a little bit uh, confused, or you know, some of the some of the feelings you were sharing uh, along with the Lion King or the Gift, um, depending on what you want to call the past album we were talking yeah. about, <laughs> is uh, you know when when I when I read the Wikipedia on this and it said it was a playlist, I was just like, wait, what do you what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is this is you kind of working with uh, some of the people you admire or or really like and and trying to create a, a mood and a feeling for us, or this is you know. So I, I just thought that that was kind of an interesting way to say that um, that this is your album, you know. Like uh, I, I didn't know what to make of that, so I was I was curious, um, you know. That was what I thought of when when I read this question about what is an interesting insider story uh, well, with regards. I, to this, I think that's interesting be, because it opens up like, and this is exposing a blind spot in my understanding of how rappers go about their business versus normal bands, which is more my um, comfort zone. But, you know, Drake has five major studio albums, three compilations, seven mixtapes, and he considers this a mixtape. So that is whatever it is. But again, he appears on, I believe, 
you know, 18 or 19 of the 22 songs. He's obviously massively involved. So generally speaking, it's like it's his album, but it's the minutia that would maybe subdivide it away from being like one of the bigger studio albums. Uh, question five, I think we've already touched on this, but is this the artist's best album? I don't know if uh, either of us really have, uh, you know, enough um, experience with Drake. It sounds like both both of us, although it is, you know, 2021 now, a little behind the times, I guess. Uh, is this the best album for Drake? Uh, similar, I'm similar here where I am with Beyonce. I have actually listened to all of Drake's major albums like his, his studio albums and a lot of those mixtapes too i've listened to all the drake albums that that people like a drake fan would say you need to listen to uh so i'm a little further along there but i also at the same time don't feel i have the uh uh expertise to really judge a lot of those i only listen to once i would say that drake's arc uh is trending positively to me i i think that the More Life and then Scorpion came out the next year. Scorpion's really good too. You should listen to that. Um, I think those are like my favorite Drake. They're absolutely my favorite Drake. I'm just not sure if it's his best. I don't feel qualified to answer. I just think it's a, it's an interesting like notch in his arc. Uh, it was a yeah. it was a it was a nice right turn, and um, whether it's his best or not, I I, I think. Very few people would probably This is going to be that. a really interesting question as it evolves over, you know, your, yeah. your um, you know, this project that you're that you're embarking on a music from. Yeah. But I think I think because as an artist, uh, if you don't feel like you're making your best work, uh, where do you go really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so like uh, us as people who are consumers or critics or or. Um, or fans, you know, like we can have favorites, but but really, like as an artist, I, I guess I just wonder um, if you can continue if you don't think that you're making if you're if you're producing your best. Right. Yeah. And he's due for another dub album this this year. So so that would mean that basically all of the work he's put out in the last like three four years are on these massive compilation albums. Scorpion is like 18 or 19 songs, I think, too. Uh, and then he released like a, a demo tape in 2020 that has a thousand songs on it. So I don't know. That's just kind of becoming his thing, and I'm, I'm for it. I, I, it seems like okay. that's my favorite version of Drake. You get a little bit I, of the, uh, the other stuff with the rap stuff, too. Before our before our last question, where you know I get to ask you the, the spotlight question at the end, and then you ask me, um, uh, I just want to say that one thing I meant to mention earlier is I have a, kind of a, a friend of a friend, an acquaintance that I was never really very fond of. Is it Drake? Who was just like no, <laughs> no, he, no, but but this guy is um, was a Drake fanatic, just like was all about Drake. Um, and just totally loved him. And it's so funny because because of him, I don't think I've ever really given Drake a, a super That's um, funny. like thorough listen to or necessarily a fair shot just because of this one guy who I'm not That'll really, do it. That'll know, do a, a fan it. of <laughs> and who's like a, a slappy for Drake, you know, and it's like it's, it's funny. I think, I, you know, hearing hearing you give the wreck and I, um, so so I'm prefacing my my final question because it's where do I go next? 
with mm. Drake. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I want to listen to a little more. I've been investing, you know, most of my listening into these past two albums. Um, it sounds like Scorpion is where you'd suggest I go next. Uh, yeah. But what do you have to say to that, you know? and, and uh, 100% Scorpion. Good. The, this, okay. These two albums back-to-back for me are, are and uh, I shouldn't speak too soon there. They might not, considering the mixtapes and the compilations and whatever, they might not actually come out side by side actually they did um but uh yeah that's where i'd start and then you can backtrack and i i just don't think i like that that version of drake like the sprouting up trying to plant his flag in the rap game type drake like i i want the drake who's like i'm already on top i can do literally whatever i want some of it's gonna work (laughs) some of it's not gonna work and that that confidence i think is there in 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 more life and in scorpion and in that that might be the case for why they're his best i don't know maybe okay uh my my question for you uh pretty vanilla but how many songs from this album will you return to will i return to yeah uh, I like to listen to albums uh, nowadays if I can. Me too. Um, so I would totally just you know if I depending on what I'm feeling, um, I think I could totally return to this this album just as let a whole it play. Um, and just let it roll. But I, I think I think for, for me, as you've already alluded to, the the, the beginning has a, a pretty amazing run, and then I like I, I like um, kind of that lose you can't have everything. Uh, I'm not. I don't love glow. No, uh, I don't. I didn't want to say anything negative, but I I love my man Kanye, and you know Drake is definitely growing on me. So it was a little disappointing. It, it just it was kind of a it, it had a weird sort of energy to it. It was like turn me up, we're gonna bump this, but the song wasn't like you know people aren't bumping glow like that's not like a party you know like getting you hype song. I just it, it was it just kind of felt weird to me. Uh, I I hear that. I, I think that's yeah. Uh, accurate. So, I, I think it's such a Kanye song. It's like, oh yeah, you get this, you get this kind of down tempo melody, and then at the end he plays the sample that is obviously like more enjoyable than the song itself. But he only gives you <laughs> twenty four seconds of it. Just like yeah. I, it, it's so Kanye. This, this yeah. that song very much to me is uh, related to Life of Pablo, which came out a year before this. Okay. And like conceivably was was it the same frame of mind, um, and that will be a music friend sometime. That that's genuinely oh, yeah. top ten favorite album for me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I like it, but I don't love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question, I'd return to the album as a whole um, and feel free, and I, and I would feel very comfortable not skipping anything. You know, my 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 faves are the Can't Have Everything. I really like the Madiba ribbon rhythm. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, passion fruit, as you already or as you already said. I think that's one of the singles from the album, uh, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's got just like you know, amazing um, production and 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 uh, beat to it. And uh, yeah, I think that would be my last note on this album, and I'm glad you mentioned it. But the singles were "Fake Love," "Passion Fruit." Free Smoke, Portland, and Glow. And Passion Fruit's the only one I want to keep there. <laughs> like, okay. you know, my five or six other favorite songs on the album are not uh, any of the singles, which isn't necessarily uncommon, but I found uh, to be uh, quite the disparity there. 
All right. Well, thanks, uh, bud. Until yeah, next time. Nice work. Um, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Hey, let me ask you something. When did music become so important? It's always been important. I mean, jingles, yeah. No, everybody keeps coming and looking for a, some song. And they're so specific. You love specific. I have no idea what's going on out there. Well, no one can keep up. It's always changing. So, Zeker, what is the album going to be? Well, like I told you, Danny, we have quite the musical history. We I do. Mean, we, we are the music friends. I mean, obviously, we've known each other <laughs> since elementary school, but like music really didn't take hold of our lives until I think probably high school, mm. and particularly in college. Um, yes. When we had um, the PEDs of music, I'll call it. Because, you know, <laughs> I'm a professional, and I don't want to. I don't want to get into depths, but as I soon as we started exploring mean. things that opened up our minds, I think our musical tastes opened up as well. I agree. I agree completely. So the album I'm thinking of, and I don't even know. I don't even know if you. I, I, I was trying to think of one that wasn't too like. I know Zeker's gonna pick. I love how much you thought about this. It makes me so happy. I it, it honestly Dude, makes I me feel bad. So <laughs> no, don't feel bad. <laughs> um, no, but like I thought, I'm like homeboy probably thinks I'm gonna pick Exile, so I can't pick Exile. <laughs> <laughs> I did think there was a good chance you'd pick Exile. <laughs> I knew you would, so I couldn't necessarily do that. Uh, so I had to pick up something else. So I also tried, like you know, obviously we're Detroit boys and stuff like that. So I also tried to like think like Detroit roots, like we, where we could go with that. And obviously we're big fans of Jack White, the the, the Messiah of, of Detroit music, in my opinion. Blessed I mean, be his name. Yeah, I mean, that's like erroneous considering we have like Motown and like Aretha Franklin and Bob <laughs> Seger and stuff. But, you know, Jack White's my boy. Um, but I, in honor of a CD of this one of our, one of my favorite bands that I know one album that you particularly think about me when I listen to. And they just released an album last week. So I figured I'd pick Boys and Girls by the Hold Steady. Nice. Nice. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, oh, it's so good. I, I love deepening my uh, Hold Steady game. All right. So I have a list. I, I did not come with one in mind. I, I really, truly planned on uh, picking off of yours. So, all right. You went that route. I've got... Okay. I mean, I thought about so many, too. I thought about Petty Wildflowers, but I didn't want to take Kenny's bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought about, like, you know, I thought about, like, Boys Night Out going back in the day, obviously Exile and stuff like that. And I know we had, like, and I thought about the time I came back and we were watching that um, Alice in Chains Unplugged. And, like, uh, I thought about all these different albums that we've, like, kind of encountered. It's almost like moments in our lives. Um, but I figured Boys and Girls was something I used to play a lot. Uh, I also kind of figured that, you know, it was an album that you definitely, you always say, like, when I listen to Boys and Girls, like, I always think about you and stuff like that. And, you know, they're one of my favorite bands, and I feel like it was, I feel like it was their Sgt. Peppers. Obviously, I'm not comparing it to Sgt. Peppers on that level, but I feel like that was their, their Sgt. Peppers. Oh, it's an incredible album. And and we texted quite a bit the last time I, I dove into it, which was not that long ago, six months maybe. Um yeah. And now, let me ask you, did you think that was a possibility I was going to go that route? No, I, I didn't think you'd go hold steady, but I'm glad you did. Um, what did you think I was going to go with? That That's what I'm wondering. I would have guessed that you went, like, 
in the genre of the type of music that we really like, like something in the vein of the Link Ray album that you got me, something that is like the type of music we really like, but maybe like a gem that, uh, you know, I hadn't known or something like that. It was just a guess, you know. But I didn't know if you, how well you knew that one. And I definitely wanted to like connect on like something that you knew pretty well. Yeah. And I feel like I know the whole study is like very an acquired taste um, and stuff like that. But I feel like you have enough background of that where we could get into it. We've got a lot to cover there. I, I, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll hold myself back. But I'm looking at my notes and, and to exactly what you were saying. I have them. I have all these albums like grouped by like different reasons for why I would pick them uh, as something that we would discuss. So, man, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Icky Thump. Oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I love all the White Stripes albums. You do too, but I, I had like a an interesting moment with it recently, um, and then obviously we, we can extend the conversation in many different ways uh, from the Jack White sense, White Stripes, everything else. So you know, it's weird being part of this community that Jack White, his Third Man Records community. Um, yeah, you know, there's this vault package he has that I'm a member of, and there's this huge like page about third man collectors that are people that i thought i was serious about it they are way more serious than i and it's funny to see how low icky thump rakes like ranks in their minds in terms of white stripes albums yeah but in my mind it's one of my favorites yeah yeah i I, i've been doing a white stripes thing recently and they're just it's one of those uh groups that every time i come back it feels brand new um and I have a hard time discerning like their best from their worst, to be honest. And I, I think Icky Thump is a great extension of that conversation in a lot of ways. So it's going to be good, man. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited. I have so much, I have so much to say, but I'll hold on to it. <laughs> 